Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. And this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by my favorite charity, Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We can also provide trustee services, and you can find out more at actforpets.org. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce to you our special guest. Her name is Janine Ling, and she is the founder of Project Suds. Welcome to the show, Janine. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. So I can't wait to introduce you to people. So let me tell our listeners a little bit about you. So Janine Ling is the co-founder of Project Suds. She has spent over half of her life feeding her passion for animals in the pet industry. It all began at the age of 16 when she accepted her first job at an independent pet store. This experience led her to open her store in early 20s. To this date, she continues ownership and operation. Janine dove headfirst into pet care when she co-founded her first pet line with the main goal of helping her own itchy pit bull. She did this by creating helpful products that did not contain the chemicals and detergents found in other commercial pet products. She has since evolved her love for animals to incorporate care for the environment with a plastic-free, eco-friendly line. The Project Suds catalog includes products that are both ingredient-focused and environmentally friendly to solve common pet problems like itchy dogs, fleas and ticks, skin issues, stomach issues, and odor reduction. Janine's knowledge has helped her add additional skills to her portfolio, and she now also helps humans with their skin needs through contract manufacturing and custom soaps for weddings, baby showers, and other events. Project Suds products are tested exclusively on humans, no pets involved, and the Pet Shampoo Bar is the only product Janine will use to wash her own hair. Janine extends her care for furry friends to care for those around her, and Project Suds denotes donates their soaps to local food pantries and organizations that provide essential products to those in need. And without further ado, here's Janine. Yeah, so um, I want to tell people where they can find your website. So Project Suds, and that's Suds spelled S-U-D-Z dot com. And um, tell us about your mission and how this all came about. So, so like you said, I've been in the pet industry all my life, and then I started uh, to manufacture another line that was mainly for adults with skin issues. Uh, I have pimples, as, as you do, and they suffer through tons of skin issues. So being in the pet industry with food focus, which I still believe fully, it's like food first, got to correct the diet. But after the diet, we're kind of limited to what we do now. You know, in a lot of the medicated shampoos that are on the market, we're just chemical-based. They use a very very strong chemical that removes everything from the dog's skin. Uh, and it just strips the dogs of the natural oils. It kills the good bacteria, the bad bacteria. It kills everything. 
the dog's actually good for a day, the next three days, the dog's actually worse. And that was really like my options, and it was just not working out. And see for my dog, it was making it worse. So just to fix my own dog, I uh, created the line. And when you start something, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I started and I'm all happy, you know, helping dogs and everything. And as it starts to grow, I realized like everything's in plastic bottles. And, you know, as you start to grow the business, there's more and more plastic. You're like, oh, my God. You know, we care about pets. We care about the environment. But here I am just producing more plastic. And, I mean, if you know about the plastic industry, 90% of plastic is not recycled. It is. And they think that's an overestimate. So every time you're, you know, you're rinsing and everything, you're doing the right thing. You think it's no big deal. Just turn it into another bottle. It's not. Uh, so I just couldn't, like, with a real conscious knowing this and how, how bad plastic is for our environment continue going on. Like I said, as you start growing the company, the more plastic you produce. So um, I started thinking about how to uh, redo everything and put it in non-plastic containers. And I was also started thinking about other things that I missed. And uh, apple cider vinegar, I feel like, which is the main ingredient, I think is so helpful uh, externally and internally. Uh, and I feel like it was just such a main ingredient that I missed that I wanted to be, that to be the focus of the, the grooming line with so many benefits to it. So I was telling you that I'm kind of like that person on my big fat Greek wedding with the Windex that I do Listerine. And what do you, do you walk around spraying your friends with apple cider vinegar? <laughs> I, I, use, I, use, I use vinegar for everything, actually. I use white vinegar to clean the house, you know. Uh, I use apple cider vinegar uh, externally for everything. And like I said, if I feel like I'm getting sick, I take shots of apple cider vinegar. So it is that multi-tool in the house, you know, that you kind of use. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's great. And and I I really think it's nice that you realized as you were growing your company that, hey, I'm actually contributing to a problem that I can probably do something about. Yeah. Um, and it's like, once you understand how bad plastic is and you start using, you're like, I can't do it. You know, you're like, this is terrible. Like, you, so, you feel like, they, you know, they do it with the recycling. You feel like you're doing something right. You're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Just try to. And then you start researching that. You realize like, None of this is recycled. You're like, this is terrible. This is absolutely horrible. Right. Or we just ship it to some other country and then they throw it in the ocean. Yeah, or they just burn it, right? I know. And, and and you hear about like, well, the countries don't even want it anymore. Now it just sits in barges in the little ocean, like floating around. They don't know what to do with it. It's just such a problem. Well, thank you then for not contributing to that problem. So either your products come in concentrates that come in glass bottles, right? Yeah, or your a lot of your soap products are actually in the bar format. Yeah, yeah. I think the bar is the, I personally like the bars the best. It's more economical. Uh, it's more eco-friendly. Our box is completely compostable. And so getting into the plastic-free, like, you know, get that's your mission. This is what we, we dedicated to do. It was so hard. You don't realize when, when you start this that even if it looks like it's a metal container, it's lined with plastic. The cardboard boxes lined with plastic. You're like, plastic's just everywhere, even if you don't realize it, like going the deep dive into it. So now we have to find aluminum bottles with biodegradable liners that are made out of wax instead of plastic. Same thing with our compostable boxes. We had these, you know, you pay more for these wax liners so that the, the uh, bar soap doesn't like leach through. And it's like all these things you don't realize until you do it. It's like so much more difficult. You're like, what did we get into? But it, like I said, it's just part of the mission that you just have to stand by. You have to like, just figure it out and go through it. Right. So yeah, if, if you're committed to that as part of your mission, then yeah, you just have to figure it out. So I have a question though. So if we're, if we're using a bar soap product, um, do you like suds up your hands and then put it on the pets or you rub the soap directly onto the pet? Yeah. You just rub the soap directly on the pet. It lathers up great. 
is actually easier. And I know there's like a little bit disconnect to it. A lot of people are like, I don't understand. But the bar soaps, the original soap and shampoo, we're going back to basics, but you know, before everything else. And uh, you just rub it on their body, it's actually easier to use. Everybody, the first time they use it, they're like, this is so much easier than trying to use the bottle and trying to pour liquid and it only goes in one spot. And then you're trying to lather it. The bar soap just lathers and you just use it, just all over their body. And then how do you protect the bar soap after the bath so that it doesn't get squishy or melt or that sort of thing? We tell people to just let it dry out and then put it, put it right back in the box. They said okay. box is lined with a wax liner so you could reuse it. Okay. So just put it right back in the box that it came in. Let it dry and then, yeah, then put it right back in. Okay. So um, tell us about the different varieties of shampoo that you have available. So in the, in the bar soap, we kind of matched the bar soap and the liquid soap. So we started with a hypo, which is kind of an unscented one. Uh, so we wanted to give a base model. People are a little bit sensitive to fragrance. And also to show, because a big question is, does it smell like apple cider vinegar? We wanted to show what our base smells like with nothing added to it. So when we make soap, we saponify it. We make everything from scratch. So when we're saponifying our oils, it heats up to over 200 degrees. And that apple cider vinegar, it, it almost cooks into the oil. And it has like a cookie smell to it. It uh, has no vinegar smell whatsoever to it. And like I said, we wanted to have that baseline that, you know, everybody could see what it smells like, you know, or the people who are a little bit sensitive to smells. Uh, so we do have our hypo. And after that, we have our charcoal. It's one of my favorite ones. Uh, charcoal is great for whitening. It actually removes skunk odors. Uh, it, it brightens white coats. It uh, uh, absorbs odors and anything, you know, any nasty stuff, extra nasty, dirty dogs, the charcoal work. And then so you might have said something really important there, skunk odors. So for anybody who's ever had a dog that got skunked, um, everybody always says to use tomato juice. But no, use charcoal, right? Yeah. And you know what's so funny with the tomato juice thing? Because I remember hearing that forever, right? And I was just always so confused by it. I was just like, where does this theory come from with the tomato juice? Like, my thought, like, if something smells, it's not to rub a tomato on it. You know, it's like, where's this, where's this come from? So I found out the tomato juice is actually the vinegar in the tomato juice that neutralizes the odor. So vinegar, apple cider vinegar, is going to knock out that odor. Charcoal is going to absorb the skunk odor. So the other thing, if a dog ever gets skunk, what you don't want to do is hit him with water. The water will spread the oils all over the dog. First thing you want to do is try to dry up that, uh, that oil. Wherever it got hit, hit it with paper towels, uh, try to dry it up, and then lather the dog up with the soap first, and then rinse it off. So two things, when you hit them with the water, one, it spread it, right? And two, it opens up their pores, and the oil starts to seep into their pores. And you ever notice, like, a dog that gets skunked every time they get wet, they smell again? Yes. Their, their pores open up, and they smell again. So you really just don't use the water until the last thing. When you're lathered up, ready to go, then, then you start uh, hosing them down. Okay, well, that's pretty good advice that I bet um, a lot of people didn't know. Do not put water on skunk <laughs> dogs. All right, so we've got the hypo, the charcoal, the lavender and sage. Oh, yeah, so lavender and clary sage. We use bentonite clay in that one. It does, it has similar benefits to the charcoal, but scent preference is very personal, right? Patchouli is a very lovely uh, polarizing scent. So we wanted to give, you know, the option. So we do have the lavender and clary sage. It does the similar benefits to the charcoal. Then we have our medicated. So obviously all our products are really marketed towards itchy dogs, but our medicated is uh, marketed more for if, not only an itchy dog, but with fungus issues. So we use neem. I'm a huge fan of neem oil. We use neem and naiuli. Naiuli is the cousin to tea tree oil. Tea tree oil I'm also a fan of, but it's also considered a hot oil and there's a lot of controversy around it. So we want what naiuli has all the benefits of tea tree without being a hot oil, without having that adverse reaction that people are a little bit nervous for. Uh, so, but it will help uh, fight the fungus. Um, 
if any skin issues, bacteria. Uh, neem oil is also great for skin. It will kill any like mites, uh, insects, but it's also a very great healing uh, oil also. Okay. And then you have your moisturizing bar. Yeah, so moisturizing. So what we did, we wanted to make something, even though, like I said, they're all really good for allergies, really moisturizing. We wanted to up the, uh, the moisturizing um, levels in that one. So we cut down the amount of coconut oil we used to make the soap, and we added shea butter. So coconut oil on its own, if you just rub it on your skin, super moisturizing. It's a great oil. But when you saponify it, it actually turns into a very cleansing, very drying oil. So what we did is to uh, lessen the amount of coconut oil, and we added uh, extra shea butter. So it's extra moisturizing. So all our bar soaps, original base, is going to be olive oil, coconut oil, and castor. That one, we did reduce the coconut and added the shea, just to, like I said, to up the moisturizing benefits of it. Okay. Well, I am a um, dyed-in-the-wool um, coconut oil user for moisturizing because yes. I'm allergic to everything, I think. And so it's the one thing that you can put on your skin and it doesn't cause any reaction at all. It's great. Like I said, topically, you just rub it on your golden. And it doesn't smell bad. I mean, you don't smell like a coconut, but it doesn't smell bad. No, it doesn't smell bad. Um, then you have your conditioner bar. How is that different? Uh, so the conditioner bar, same concept. We use hemp oil. We reduced the other oils uh, and uh, added uh, extra hemp oil, more moisturizing. Uh, it lathers, but it doesn't lather as much. Like I said, it, it's a more moisturizing type of bar. You could use it uh, after. It will help soften hair. But in general, if you have a tryer bar, like you don't need, like a lot of the groomers, like you don't need to use a conditioner after. But we did, you know, give you an option to have a condition. All right. And then last but not least, flea and tick, everybody's favorite. Yeah, everybody's favorite. Uh, so uh, our flea and tick, we use neem oil. I'm a huge fan of neem oil. I don't know if you're familiar with neem oil. I'm not. It. Tell us about it. Okay. So neem oil is uh, made from a plant, um, and it is a known natural insecticide. It kills fleas. It kills ticks, right? So it's an odd thing because it's known to do this. It's actually safe. Organic farmers have been using this forever on their livestock to keep fleas and ticks off their cattle and in the, in the, in the farms. So it's like, why wouldn't everybody use it? So FIFRA is, is regulates the flea and tick uh, labels in pet industry. And they have a list of ingredients you can and cannot use. Neem oil is not on there. It's listed, it says known safe insecticide, but it's not listed and you're not allowed to use it if you say flea and tick. It will kill. So on our bar soap, it will say flea and tick itch relief because we're not allowed to make any kill claims because we use that neem oil. Um, and if you ever notice, everybody else's flea and tick products on the shelf uses the same oils over and over again. Right? You're going to see cedar, rosemary, peppermint, um, clove, everybody, because the FIFRA has that list. And you could go online and look at FIFRA's list, and these are the oils you're allowed to use. So that's why everybody's just picking the same oil. And personally, I feel like they're not effective. And some of them are hot, hot oils, so some don't react a little bit negatively to it. And like I said, neem is so effective. Like I said, organic farmers are using it. But a car, if you keep ticks off a cattle outside, I think it's going to work for your dog. Um, the only downside to neem oil, it smells really bad. It smells, it does, it's, oh, it does. It's, it's terrible. If you ever, like, if you ever just smell straight neem oil, like, you can't do it. So we did use neem oil as the main ingredient. But uh, in, our, in our liquid and our bar soap, we saponify it in. So it doesn't have that neemy smell. And then our flea and tick, we did add other oils in it. Those other oils are really just to round out that smell to not have that that neemy smell to it. Because it's important, it's it, with dog owners, right? You need it to be effective, but you can't have it bad smelling that, right? Nobody's gonna spend there and smell that. 
So right. even though neem is our main oil that's doing everything, everything else in there is just kind of round up that smell. So do you think that would work for uh, flies and mosquitoes too? Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I use it when I like, if I go hiking or anything, I'll spray it on myself just to, to, to stop the mosquitoes. And then what do you use to cover up the smell? <laughs> no, so in our spray, <laughs> I use our spray. I use our oh, okay. spray. Oh, just yeah. not the pure neem oil. No, I couldn't do it. I, I mean, everybody will stay away from me if I use that. <laughs> That's funny. Because, <laughs> um, of course, I told you I had horses. So uh, flies and uh, mosquitoes are huge for horses. Yeah. So um, that's why I was asking about that. And then, although most of your products are um, kind of oriented towards dogs, they're also good for cats too. Yeah. So uh, most of them, I mean, everything will be marketed saying if it's golden cat. Uh, the only thing for cats that we stay away from is certain essential oils. There's a little stigma to it. Uh, so um, anything that could be a little controversial, uh, we won't put uh, the cat on it. But uh, like our conditioner, it's no essential oils or hypo is no essential oils. Uh, but everything will be labeled for cat and dog. Okay. And then you couldn't stop there. So you also have a home product. Oh, yeah. So we have our candles and uh, we also have our dish soap. So um, it's funny, like we talked about the uh, coconut oil being super dry. So we made a dish soap and the dish soap is actually 100% coconut oil, uh, saponified coconut oil. Um, like I said, it's one of the most drying, cleansing things. And then we used a uh, citric oil to help cut down the soap scum. So the dish soap is just a, uh, like uh, in our candle tin, you just rub it, lather it up with the, uh, uh, a brush or anything. Uh, you can use it. I use it for our dishes. I use it for everything, but, uh, really marketed like to the raw feeders because we're always washing our molds. Right. And you know, when you, when you get into like thinking about everything your dog touches, a lot of people were like, I don't want to use these dish soaps uh, on my dog's bowl. They're full of chemicals. They're all this bad stuff. So we wanted to make that for, for raw feeders that it feels safe about what they're using to, to wash the dog's bowls. Right. And then, so while we're making our dish soaps, we have these cute little tins. And uh, we decided to make some candles to go with it. So we did 100% soy, uh, soy wax candles. Because I know a lot of the uh, odor remover candles, they use a, uh, a paraffin-based um, wax, which is really bad, actually. It burns really dirty. It has a soot to it. It leaves black soot everywhere. Uh, so we wanted to make 100% soy-based. A uh, big question that everybody asks is, is why don't we use essential oils in our candles? There's two reasons why we can't use essential oils in candles. Uh, one, the flashpoint. A lot of essential oils has a very low flashpoint, so bust, it'll, it'll bust into flames at a certain point when it gets a certain temperature. The second thing, when you burn essential oils, it, it's completely different than just smelling it out of a bottle or just using it. They do not smell the same. They do not smell nice when they're burnt. So we didn't do that, but we did do very clean, uh, uh, clean ingredient fragrance base. Um, so like I said, you just feel like, uh, you know, you have a cleaner burn where you don't, you know, without having uh, the soot from the uh, paraffin. Well, and then for flavors or fragrances, you have the, uh, Coco Limon. Yeah. Um, the sea salt, which sounds really nice. Um, and then the, uh, tobacco vanilla. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, tobacco vanilla. Yeah. So okay. we wanted, like I said, the scent and scent and scent, I feel like it's a very personal preference, right? Like everybody yeah. has their, like what they enjoy the most. So we try to hit three different categories. Nice. And, um, if somebody's listening who is a pet shop owner, um, they can contact you to become a retailer for you? Yeah, definitely. We, we wholesale, if we don't have distribution, we ship direct. We're also on fair. But uh, definitely just contact us. We'll take care of it.
Okay. I think that's, that's great. I, um, I want to make sure that we've hit all of the products that you have so that folks can go to your website at projectsudz.com. Um, oh, ear care. Let's talk about oh, so, that. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite products. Um, another thing being in the industry, which I couldn't stand, was that the ear products that were marketed pills were all water-based, first ingredient water-based. And it's crazy to me because that's like the one thing you want to keep out of those ears. Water is going to cause infections. You know, if you have a dog that swims a lot, it gets ear infections because you can't get the water out. Those are the flappy ears that eat the water. So it's like, why would you make a product that's the one ingredient is water? You're putting it back in the dog's ears. So uh, I wanted to make a, a clean version of it that, that one, didn't have water. Second thing I didn't want to see is alcohol. A lot of them use alcohol-based. And dogs are already it's a sensitive area. And you, if you're using it, it probably has an infection. So you have an infection in a sensitive area, and you're going to put alcohol on it. It's going to burn. Your dog is going to be terrified of it forever now. So we use the witch hazel base, apple cider vinegar, naive. So the uh, witch hazel is going to dry out the ears. It's not going to burn them. But the main thing is it's going to dry it out. It's actually going to remove that water. So if the dog does have water in the ear, you can leave it. You don't have to get all the, the your cleaner out. You can leave it in there. That witch hazel will help dry out the ear. Apple cider vinegar, same thing it does in, in the uh, the soap. It kills odors. It, it kills bad bacteria. It kills yeast. It will kill all the bad things that's in the ear, but won't kill the good bacteria. It keeps that natural microbiome going. It won't destroy the natural uh, okay. microbiome that they need. Yeah. Out with the bad, keep the good. Yeah, exactly. And then you um, also have this. This is probably a favorite for people in the south, um, but I don't know about whether people in the north have the same problems. But with hot spots, yeah. So I mean, like I said, I mean, I feel like itchy dogs is just such a major issue for all of us. And uh, once you once you correct the diet, you know, you put your dog on a raw diet, you eliminate all the common allergies, and your dog's still itchy. I know how frustrating frustrating it is. So we wanted to make products like all our all our uh, shampoos are made for that. Like I said, it will kill any uh, any bad bacteria, fungus. It will it will moisturize the dog, and it will remove just the natural allergens. So if your dog's allergic to grass or whatever, you can't control dust. You can wash them. You can wash them without destroying their skin, without drying them out. So you can wash them more regularly. You know, I, I'm washing my my little Mishka once a week to remove the allergens and keep her skin uh, correct. Where the old school theory was, don't wash your dog too often because it dries them out. It was because the shampoos all chemical based. It was all stripping the dog's natural oils. Ours don't do that. So you could just keep washing them, remove the allergens. And then after that, we still have a hotspot bomb and a hotspot spray. So the difference between the two is the bomb is for topical, any open sores. It's a coconut oil base. So any open sores, any uh, irritants, uh, you could use it on. And then we use the spray in case, like, so a lot of times the dogs maybe won't have uh, open sores or a hotspot. It'll just be itchy all over its body. This one you can spray all over. But the spray is an apple cider based uh, spray. So we don't recommend it for any time anything's open. Like open source, it will burn. So we have the both. So, you know, your mom, if you have an open sore, something's a little bit more irritated, you can use that. And then the spray, like I said, for dogs and eyes, he's just itchy all over. We're not sure why, you know, you can spray it all over his body. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and I, I noticed that uh, folks get free shipping on orders over $50 yeah, as well. Right. And um, if they want to contact you, they can do so from the website or they can use the website to also find a store near them. Exactly, yeah. All right. Uh, what would you uh, want to leave us with uh, here today, Janine? Um, I'm just glad the pet industry is going where it's going, right? I think it's growing and it's amazing. And we built such a community. I'm so happy to be part of it. 
Um, I love our independence, right? And I think the education we're putting out between our independent stores and holistic events, people like you doing these podcasts, the education there, I love it. You can see it growing in leaps and bounds, and it's forcing companies to get better, do better, right? You know, where before you think, I don't want anything. Now everybody's like really stepping it up, really trying better. So it's awesome to see this community grow so much. I think you're right. So set the bar high, right, Janine? Yeah, definitely. And then do you manufacture all of your products in the United States? We manufacture everything in our warehouse in New Jersey from scratch. Oh, in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. I mean, two reasons, right? One, because we want to have control of what we're doing. And two, to keep the cost down, right? So every time you hear like organic or, or plastic free, everybody thinks it's expensive. So it, it was important to be uh, in line pricing with everybody else because I don't want your decision not to use ours because it was too expensive. You know, I want you to be able to be like, like I'm using this bar soap because it's better and it's plastic free and it's in my price range. Right. All, all of the above, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think we've, I think we've covered all of the really important reasons why we should consider a product that's naturally based, vinegar based, all of those things. So um, I love that you have so much information on your website and that folks can go there for more and, um, and they can become a, a, a cheerleader for you as well. All right, so uh, check it out, projectsuds.com. Uh, any of you are going to be at Global Pet Expo this year, um, check out Janine's booth. She's going to be there as well. I'm yeah. going to be walking the floor, so I'll be looking for people too. And um, I appreciate you listening and um, hope that you'll join us each and every week here on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And you know my favorite saying, until there are none, please adopt one. And um We'll talk to you soon, and until later, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at animalcaretrustusa.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.